Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the episode 21 of the My Pursuit podcast. Uh, my name is Mike, and I'm your host for the podcast. And um, I'm excited that you guys are with me this morning. And uh, let me start out with just telling you, I'm I'm sorry for not posting one. I, I took a week off and then posted uh, episode 20 a week after it actually occurred because when I got back from my little trip... Um, I decided to not immediately record another podcast, which is probably a good thing because getting back into the swing of things and um, getting started back into life uh, really kind of took a lot out of me last week. And uh, and for those of you who are listening and this is your first podcast listening or your first episode listening, you may want to go back and check out the introductory episode um, because what I explain is that what I do is I'm a, I'm a bivocational pastor. I earn my salary outside of the church. I actually don't receive a salary from uh, the church that I, that I pastor. And I work um, as I manage a golf course outside of uh, my church job. And that's a full-time job. And one of the things I'm trying to do in this podcast, I'm trying to record this so that I can talk about um, living out the kind of faith that I teach on Sunday mornings, how I can talk about doing that. And so the first half of the podcast is me uh, telling you what my daily devotion is, what um, what it will be for the entire week, and what my life application of that devotion is for the week. And then um, on, my, on my way home, I record the second podcast at the end of the week. Uh, or the second half of the podcast, where I where I talk about you know how did it go today, what what things occurred, and so um, I'm actually re-recording this episode, which is a real bummer for me because I recorded the original um, little bit, and I had a new case that I had put on my phone, and I plugged in my little microphone thingy that I use, and um, Apparently, the new case did not allow that microphone thingy to plug in correctly, and so the sound quality of it is um, is awful. And so I'm kind of re-recording it, which means I probably don't remember everything I said at the beginning of the week, um, but um, I've, the life application has obviously been the same and comes from the same part of Scripture all week, and it's been a part of the Scripture I've been going through. And so I'll kind of share that with you guys as well. But let me give you a little update on where we kind of are and what's going on this week. Because a lot of my life application, a lot of my devotion has been shaped by um, what is currently happening this week. And um, and I shared this at, at church on Sunday for those of you who go to Hillside. And, and for those of you who don't, um, this will be news to you. But... Uh, when I got back from my little sabbatical, which was, uh, you know, really kind of a four, four and a half day rest that I took, which was amazing, by the way. And I think I, hopefully I captured that um, on my way back and let you know how unbelievably um, relaxed and inspired I felt. And I came back with a lot of energy um, for what I wanted to do as far as, you know, some of the stuff I want to do leading the church. Um, uh, you know, and, and just life in general. Um, I even had some time to read some fiction, which I really adored, uh, while I was gone. I mean, I I really took that time and, you know, what I said last week, I, I delighted in the Sabbath. I delighted in God's creation and, 
and uh, I, I really feel like that's that's how it felt. And uh, so I, I took the Sabbath at that time or that little break at that time because I knew that life was going to get more hectic. Um, you see, you know, before that, I was working a full time job while I was still the lead pastor of a growing um, church, and. Um, and, and so I'm already kind of a busy person a lot of the time. And then, um, I knew that coming up was the beginning of our high school golf team, which is something that is an additional job that I do. And I coach the high school golf team, you know, so looking at my weeks, right. You know, when I'm coaching the team, um, generally I will be gone from the house. You know, I leave to go to work, um, you know, at, at five or five thirty in the morning, and uh, practice ends at 5.15 or 5.30. And so, you know, usually I'm gone from the house and, and working for, um, you know, well over 12 hours um, each day. And that's Monday through Friday. Saturdays I work um, generally dawn till dusk at, at the golf course that I manage um, because it's kind of important that I'm there on a Saturday. And then Sundays, obviously, I do church. So there's not a lot of room inside of that for... Um, for extra time and so I knew that that busy season was coming and it's going to be a real challenge for me to take a Sabbath in the midst of the, the busyness that um, that this kind of life will uh, will lead me towards and so that's part of the reason why I took that that time was to kind of plan out how I will be taking Sabbath breaks during um, during the golf season and all that and um, so I, I came back and I was energized refreshed excited and then I, I got to tell you, this is just crazy because I was back for a day, um, went to work the next day. And when I came back from work before I went to the high school golf practice, I was coming home to change real quick. And on the table was a registered letter. Um, and I opened the letter and the letter was from our landlord. And uh, the landlord is actually um, the, the city um, is, is our landlord. The city actually owns the house that we live in. And, um, we receive a reduced rent because we work to, um, oversee the park that's right next to our home. We're, we're kind of the, I guess, quote unquote, caretakers of, of the park. And that's been a real blessing. The fact that we, um, pay a low rent to stay in that place has been part of what's financially allowed us to help Hillside and, our, our coffee shop gets started. And so that's been huge for us. And I received a letter and in the letter it said, um, that, uh, they, they're aware that there's some problems in the house, you know, and that the house is getting old. And so the city has scheduled that the house that we're living in, um, has scheduled that it will be, um, going through demolition and they're asking us to move out within 60 days. It's not the kind of thing that you are excited to hear when you get back from a resting, relaxing time and are kind of inspired to get back to things, to hear that, oh, on top of the busiest season of your year, um, you're also going to have to figure out a way to move your entire family, find another home, which is going to cost more than the house that you currently live in. That, that freaked me out. Um, I, I got to admit, like, that got my goat a little bit on that day, and... Um, kind of a crazy thing. I mean, we figured out we were going to have to move. I told, uh, I told Kim and, and the kids and everybody was upset at first. Um, except, I mean, the house that we're living in, has some real problems and the place that we'll be going to, which we don't know where it is yet, but I pretty much guarantee that it's going to be, 
like a more comfortable house than the house that we actually live in, which is great. But oh man, I mean, just just seeing that letter and knowing that that was coming was just a huge bummer after um, this really inspiring time. And I got to tell you, I went through a few emotions right then. Um, one of which was you know frustration and anger. And um, to to be to be honest, I, I got to tell you this too. My, my first emotion was to be angry and scared and frustrated. But one of the things I had to quickly do to myself is check myself to understand I cannot be mad at, um, at the city because they've been more than gracious to let us live in this place, um, to let us do the caretaking job. Um, they've been so accommodating and so nice and so wonderful. And they did, I mean, they're required by law to give us, or by the contract that we signed, to give us 30 days notice. Um, they gave us 60 days notice. And uh, and then I asked them, I, I kind of requested, hey, uh, can we have some extra time? I mean, that makes us move right in the middle of, you know, Jordan's graduation and, the you know, the kids still being in school with me coaching and all. And they actually gave us a little bit of a respite to where... Um, we're not actually going to have to move until the end of June now, which is um, way better. And so that gave us a, an opportunity to breathe, to breathe, you know. And and even in the midst of that, kind of going, you know, our lives have gone for, from crazy thing to crazy thing. Like, you know, moving the church and the coffee shop, you know. And, and before that, it was just um, this, this really kind of crazy time in the other place that we were in. And you know, before that, it was moving houses again. It just seems like we've kind of gone from like a big crisis to a big crisis, and now with another one starting up, I, I was just like, you know, God, why? You know, why would this happen? And and I got to tell you, as I started to think about that, it really occurred to me, you know, what we are so blessed that it's happening now and not a few months ago. If this happened six months ago or three months ago, there's no way we would have been able to do it. Um, we financially we couldn't done it um you know we it would have hurt our ability to move the church into the place that we're supposed to be in which is the place that we're in now and and man i mean that would have really really hurt us and so there is a blessing in the timing of this it stinks that we have to move right now but it also is like god saying hey you know something's happening and um and i'll be with you so Anyway, that kind of brought me into this week of, you know, like, what is my life application? And so my uh, scripture reading this week, where I am right now in the book of Luke, is Luke chapter 15. And in chapter 15, you might recall that this is Jesus telling the story of three lost things, a lost sheep, a lost coin, and then the story that, that we know is the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. And... Um, I, I spent some time early this week in that, in, in reading that. I read it over and over. And, um, you know, it kind of, it kind of reassured me what my purpose is all about, which is, you know, really reaching out to the lost, that that's, that that's what this is about, that, that that's how God designed the world that we live in, um, and, and what our call and what our pursuit is supposed to be, which is, um, you know, bringing that message of the resurrection to the people who most need it. And that's what we're called to be about is I am called to be about, um, those who don't know Jesus to, to be an advocate for them, to be somebody, um, who cares for them, who loves them and who is willing to introduce them to Jesus. And that's 
my pursuit not just in the church, but that's my pursuit at, at work too. To be somebody who's there for others, who, who loves others, who communicates the gospel through the way that I live and the way that I act and, and also the words that I say. And um, so that really kind of reaffirmed in me. Now, the, the thing with talking about lost things is I generally, I, I don't want to tell people, oh, you're lost, because that's, that's an insult. When people hear churches or pastors tell them you're lost or, you know, something's wrong with you, if that's the first thing they hear from you, that's an insulting thing. Um, but one of the things that I've recognized is that people who, um, who don't have Jesus, people who don't know the resurrection, people who are going through life without that, somewhere inside they do know they do understand that there's something in them that's searching for something that they don't have. Um, they don't obviously know that it is Jesus that they're searching for, but there is an incompleteness um, that a lot of people deal with. And so uh, part of my goal and part of how I'm living this week is trying to look at the incompleteness in people and trying to resonate there, trying to hear that from them and, and um, to get them to tell me a little bit about their incompleteness. Um, my part of my goal as well this week is to try to share um, my completeness, and so in sharing with people that I know and love at work that um, this thing is happening with the house, and being able to share that with them, and and uh, it's already partly occurred, and so I'm, I'll save some of that for the drive home. Um, but um, you know, they've been asking me, you know, aren't you stressed? And and I am. I mean, I really am stressed, but. My reaction to this is like, you know what? Um, God is taking care of things. And when we put our faith on God, um, he, he comes through. And He knows my need. He knows our need. He knows that my family and my life has been about the, the pursuit. And so um, I think He's going to honor that. And, and He's going to help us to be more about that in what he chooses for us next as far as where we're going to live. And so I'm, I'm trying to share that this week in a way that lets people know that, you know, hey, in the midst of stress, I'm able to put my faith in something and put my stress somewhere else um, to where it's not um, ruling me and, and tearing me apart. So anyway, that's, that's kind of what my life application is this week. I'll let you know how it's going at the end of the week. Uh, one of the um, segments of the podcast on my drive to work is that I answer a question that's been asked um, over email, and that's by people who email me at mypursuit at outlook.com. And uh, the, the question that I would love to respond to today is, um, and this is kind of a fun one, so I, I thought this would be kind of fun and stress-free question. And I haven't thought about it, by the way, too much um, ex- until I answered it on my original podcast. Um, so I'm just going to give you the answer that I gave in that original drive. Um, so I was asked, um, what is the most inspiring, um, and, and I forget exactly the wording on it, uh, the most encouraging and inspiring music uh, that you've listened to, and what would you recommend somebody listening to um, for inspiration and encouragement? That's a great question. And hopefully from somebody who's actually valued some of the uh, musical you know, a lot of times on my way home, I share with you like some kind of uh, musical recommendation. So 
Most inspiring thing. I'll tell you a couple things. When I first received a CD player, when I first got one, which was when I was in high school, my two of my first CDs that I was ever given were, number one, a CD by a band called Allies. It was a Christian band. And the CD is called The River, is the name of that particular CD. It's a um, very roots rock kind of CD. Um, it is... And by the way, the lead singer of that band is the guy named Bob Carlyle who sang the song Butterfly Kisses, of all things. But yeah, he was in a rock band. It's a great band. Um, super fun CD. And it encouraged me. Uh, there's a, a song on there for like every kind of emotion in life. And, and I loved it. So you got to love some like rootsy rock. I mean, some of it borders on some Aerosmith kind of stuff. But a lot of it is is uh, just kind of... Um, you know, 70s, fun, funky, blues-based rock, and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, second CD I was given was Faith, Hope, Love um, by the band King's X, which I've already talked about. as my favorite band in the world, still is today, was back then. That CD has, starts with a song called We Are Finding Who We Are, where Doug Pinnock at the end of that song um, just belts out uh, the words that have always meant something to me, where it... Um, he said, I know it's been said so many times before. I once was blind, but now I see. Uh, but sometimes it just don't make much sense, but I believe. And that's always been just a powerful statement of faith at the beginning of that song that I've always loved and adored. Um, uh, the next song is called It's Love. It's love that holds it all together. I just had to let you know is the chorus of that song. Um, and then further on in the CD is, is a song called We Were Born to Be Loved, which uh, is a statement that just couldn't be more true. And uh, I, it's one of my favorite rock songs of all times. If you're not looking for rock, I'll tell you my favorite worship CD of all times was done by uh, Vineyard Music. It's a song. It's a CD called Holy, um, and the, the, the lead song is called Holy. And um, that's always meant something to me. Every song on there is cool um, for for worship. It's dated now. I mean, that's gosh, twelve, fifteen years old now. Um, but here's a recommendation for you that. If you got the time this week, go to YouTube and YouTube Seth Avet from the Avet Brothers, so A-V-E-T-T, I believe, and um, look up his song uh, uh, and, and Google or YouTube Seth Avet Stand By Me. Now, it's not the Ben E. King Stand By Me that you're probably familiar with. It's one written by a guy named Albert Tinley, um, and it's written kind of like a hymn. And if you need encouragement this week, there is nothing more encouraging than that song. Uh, it's just it's just a cry out to God to stand by by you. And um, I believe it was written in the late eighteen hundreds or the early nineteen hundreds. Just gorgeous. So that's my recommendation as far as something to listen to. So anyway, I am getting to work right now, and uh, I want to thank you guys for listening again. Um, you guys will hear me on the way back, and I'm excited to share that with you. Um, remember, if you have any questions, send me an email at mypursuit at outlook.com. I would love to respond to anything that you guys would like to ask. Um, but anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Well, hey, everybody. Um, glad you guys are still with me. I'm back. And... Uh, it's a little bit different than how I would normally do it. On the way home from work yesterday, I actually had my son with me in the car because he came out to the golf course to play. 
So I obviously didn't want to say, hey, sit there quietly while I record my podcast because I actually wanted to, you know, spend time talking to him more than I wanted to <laughs> record the podcast and all that. So um, it's actually the, I mean, it's it's Sunday. So usually I would record this on the way back from work on Saturday. Um, but now it's Sunday. It's after church. We just had a baptism service that was um, just awesome and amazing to see people be baptized and I mean, great stories from that. Um, and I'll even tell you this. Uh, if if you go to our church, if you know our church, there, there was a really cool story where, um, you know, what, one of the things that we do when we baptize people is we allow them to choose who, um, who will baptize them. And they can choose, you know, any of us as a pastor of the church, but they could also choose anybody who was instrumental in leading them to Christ, you know, anybody who's a Christian. And so there were two girls um, who are real good friends who are both being baptized and um you know both of them are you know very new to their relationship with Jesus um I baptized one and um the girl that I baptized actually baptized her friend so yeah I, I baptized a girl and then um you know a couple minutes later she baptized her friend I thought that was a pretty cool thing and um it was also cool that we had a kid who um, wanted to be baptized, had asked to be baptized. His parents originally didn't want him to be baptized and were kind of trying to sort out, you know, if it was the right thing for him. Um, his his grandmother goes to our church and is this just sweet, amazing lady. Um, and um, she she was really excited about him getting baptized. Well, the parents weren't sure about it, and so they kind of pulled the plug on it the morning of. And he was really sad and upset, and she was too... And then um, after we finished the baptism service, um, this kid comes running up to me and says, Mike, 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 my, I, I just found out my parents would be okay if I got baptized. They just, they just gave me permission, so I would like to be baptized. And so um, we were able to, there were still about 50 people or 40 people left in the room. So I was able to say, hey, guys, wait a minute. And we did one more baptism, and I, I just thought that was cool. But anyway, that's a fun story from today. Um, but uh, let me let me tell you a little bit about this week because you know on on the my way to work podcast I obviously messed it up um, by plugging in the wrong device you know in the wrong way so I had to re-record it and I re-recorded it yesterday on my way to work and I was trying to just you know say everything that I'd said earlier in the week and you know not kind of share what's going on this week had a lot of cool things go on this week and especially because. My life application was about the lost. Was um, if you remember, I said in Luke fifteen, um, Jesus tells these parables of lost things: a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And um, so I, I had just been praying all week. You know, God, I want to be about the things that are lost. Help me to first of all know what's lost. It, it was part of the prayer, but also. Um, just help me to have conversations that kind of bring me in there with people that are that are lost. Here's what I have to say about it. Um, there are certain prayers. I don't know if I've ever said this in in this uh, podcast series before, but there are certain prayers that I would call dangerous prayers. Prayers that when you pray them, God kind of goes, "Oh, really? You you would like that? Well, let's do it." You know that that sort of thing. Um, this is one of those dangerous prayers I'm, I'm thinking because all week, um, just the amount of, I mean, it, it was almost, 
excessively emotional for me because the amount of people who it crossed my mind um, as I was thinking about them and kind of, you know, trying to live with the kind of Holy Spirit inspiring me like we've been talking about through this series, the amount of people that I've been around where it occurred to me that this person doesn't, hasn't heard the gospel. They don't know the gospel. And I mean, some of these people are people who've been to church, people who go to church. Um, some of these people have been people, I'm, I'm not sure if they ever go to church. Um, but all of them, it just occurred to me, um, just need to know Jesus. And the more I thought about it, um, the more I was like, you know, I, I can see from the way that they act and from the way that they talk, I can see the lostness that's, that's there. Um, had a guy just tell me, um, I mean, this is a 60, you know, over 60 year old guy, um, who is telling me he doesn't know what the rest of the purpose of his life is. Um, you know, I, I was trying to get into a conversation and we were, we were talking and conversation got deeper and deeper and deeper. And he got to the point where he's like, Mike, I just don't know what, you know, the rest of my life is supposed to be about is, is the majority of my life just over. And now I'm done with living and I'm just kind of waiting for the end. What is this about? You know, and that was a fascinating conversation. And another guy I was in conversation with this week and I'm trying to figure out how to say this because um, it was so touching. In in the conversation, I mean, it occurred to me, and I I know from what he shared with me in the past, that I I just don't believe he knows the gospel. I think that he cares about church as a person who doesn't currently go to church. And, um, you know, he was sharing with me just some heartbreaking stuff about his relationship. This is another guy who's, you know, probably 70 years old, um, who is sharing with me just some heartbreaking stuff that his wife said to him. And, and, um, it it just, I I could see the struggle in him that there's a struggle with him that he doesn't know like what the point is anymore. And and I'm kind of noticing this with some of the people that I deal with because I, I deal with a lot of people in that age bracket, you know, over 50, over 60, even over 70 years old, who are kind of like, now what? Like, what What am, yeah, am I just here to have fun and play a little bit of golf or whatever until the end comes? Like, what am I here to do? And, and I just kind of see that. Like, I, I saw a guy who was actively saying, I don't know what the meaning of my life is. Another guy who said, I don't know what the meaning of marriage is at this point. And um, it was just heartbreaking. And I got to tell you, um, this week, Having prayed that prayer numerous times during the week that I wanted to spend time with the lost and kind of see and identify with with their lostness and start those conversations, I pushed conversations a step further than I normally do. And by the end of the week, and I, I'm not kidding on this, that the, by the end of the week, um, like yesterday at work, I, I worked from 6 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. And... I was almost never alone because there was always somebody who was coming back to tell me about what was going on in their life. Um, these are people who I'd had conversations with earlier in the week who came by to you know hit golf balls or play a little golf and then just stuck around to just chat about life and the meaning. I mean, these were 
deep, thoughtful conversations. And they kind of drifted in and out of golf as well, which is kind of funny, and that's kind of a funny aspect of, of what I've got to deal with. And, um, but, man, I've got to tell you, let me just make it clear. If you pray that prayer about the lost, man, um, you will end up being shown the amount of lostness that's, that's around you. And I'm choosing to look at it differently than I think I, I could. I, my first reaction is probably to look at it and to be um, maybe somewhat discouraged um, and sad at people's lostness. Um, but my, um, the way I'm looking at it is there's just a lot of opportunity for the gospel to be heard and the gospel to be spoken and for it to mean something to, to others. And so I, I just want you to hear that from me. That's, um, that's, that's something that's just on my mind right now. And I just wonder what it would mean for you if the place that you are, school, work, those kind of places, what it would mean if you decided that you wanted to um, kind of identify with that and um, look inside of that lostness as well and to ask God to show that to you so that you could identify it and, and know how to deal with others too. Because um, it was a profound, big part of my week. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I am this week. And, um, and, and I got to tell you, I, I mean, I kind of shared with that at, at work. I also saw it um, from my coaching with the high schoolers, the amount of lostness that's there. You know, seeing those kids, I mean, I've, I've got a kid who I'm talking about, you know, what, what's, you know, where are you going after you graduate as a senior? And just kind of hearing some of the things that he shares. And, you know, some of it makes me sad because he's a very capable, smart kid who could do some great things. And then I'm looking at him going... I don't think he has any picture of what he could mean to the rest of the world. You know, um, talk to a, a couple girls who are kind of struggling, you know, and high school girls, man, uh, um, so many of them are looking to be found by high school boys to just be found in relationships with others. And they're not looking for it in, in other places. And I just know all these, all, all these high schoolers who are just desperately, you know, they, they, it's not that they're even seeking it. It's that they're needing it and, and they're needing to be found. And so, um, just kind of seeing that in the lives of them as well was, um, very powerful this week for me as well. So, um, just letting you know all that, um, challenging you with, um, thinking through the lostness that's around you and, um, what you will do to respond to it. I know that there's some big conversations coming my way as I respond to, um, what other people are going through. So, uh, that's that. And then, um, you know, the water cooler conversation, um, that's part of the, that's one of my little, um, uh, segments in this water cooler co- conversation. Uh, I just gotta tell you, I mean, just, I, I, I don't know how to react and I just wonder what you think. How do you react to somebody who shares something that is just uncharacteristically poignant and painful in their life? I just, I'm just trying to understand how to react to that. And my my first inclination is not necessarily to try to fix it anymore. That used to be my thing to say, Let, let's talk about what you can do. Let's talk about how we can fix it. And um, I just had to, in one of those conversations this week, uh, where somebody was sharing just despair with me, is um, just kind of apologizing and just saying, I am so sorry that you're going through this. I'm so sorry for what your spouse is saying to you and how that's going right. I mean, just hearing that was just heartbreaking. So 
um, I, I just wonder, you know, my, my first reaction used to be to figure out how to fix things. And my new reaction is just to try to identify it with it and, um, to, to let them know, I can't imagine what you're going through. Um, I, I, how can I help? What can I say? You know, to ask questions rather than to offer, you know, the great and mighty wisdom of me, you know, um, sometimes that I'm, I just, I just know that can come off so arrogant. So anyway, that's, that's the water cooler conversation of the week. Um, I was trying to think of a good music recommendation. I gave you guys some great music recommendations on, on the way, uh, to work. And so if I had another one, um, Google on, on, well, YouTube, Andrew Bird, check that guy out. Andrew Bird and Tiny Desk Concerts. There's a series of concert calls called Tiny Desk Concerts. The one he does is unbelievable. He's got kind of an acoustic band with him. I just, I, I've watched it probably 20 times. It's, it's just awesome. But anyway, um, that's my little recommendation for you. I hope you guys have an amazing week. And um, I will get back with you next week and share with you what goes on in, in the coming week. I'm looking forward to big things. I'm expecting big things, especially in dealing with um, some of the conversations that were started this week. I, just, I can't think of a week um, in this whole series that I've been doing where there's been more starts to more conversations than this week. So anyway, love you guys. Thank you for listening. Send me questions at mypursuitoutlook.com. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to talking to you again soon.